It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. I've heard your voice and I can see your face. Consequence Podcast Network. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith With. It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence, and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks, as always, for making your way here. Check out the series. Uh, please do hit that subscribe button. I put out three new interviews every single week, new and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones at iTunes and Apple Podcasts, at Spotify and Podchaser, NPR, WFPK.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcasts from Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. That's me, Kyle Meredith. Today, I get to talk to Danny Pudi. Uh, you know Danny, of course, uh, lately playing the character of Brad on Mythic Quest. We're going to be getting into season three. He's also a Abed on a Community. We're, of course, going to talk about Community, the movie. He voices in DuckTales. He's going to be in the next... Uh, Oh, let's see, uh, uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender. Uh, we get into all of that, uh, specifically Season 3 of Mythic Quest, which is out now uh, in process on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, he's going to tell us about directing an episode for the first time, uh, playing a reformed version of his character, or is he? That's always the question with this uh, with this character here. And, and, and why he keeps Wiley Coyote in mind when playing Brad. Uh, as I mentioned, we also get an update of uh, Community, the movie, six seasons and a movie, as you remember, uh, The Last Airbender, and we'll talk some of his favorite musicians, including Wu-Tang Clan, The Roots, Tribe, Alan Parsons, because Chicago Bulls, of course, uh, he's from Chicago. So we're going to do all that and more, but uh, let's start with season three of Mythic Quest. It's Kyle Meredith with Danny Pudi. Oh, what's up, man? How are you? You've just done uh, season three. We're in the middle of season three of Mythic Quest right now, which has been such a fun, fun new season to kind of wa- watch what you all are are up to. Because um, it, I don't know, once once you start getting into those third, fourth seasons and everything, it starts going, are they going to go in circles? And you guys are still just, it's it's kind of crazy how high you guys are still hitting on this. Oh, gosh, thanks. I, uh, I know it's always a fear is like, do we have stories left? Do we have places to go with our characters? But that's the benefit of third season is that you know your characters really well, you know your ensemble, uh, you know your team, and you can kind of dive deeper and deeper into into their worlds. And so 
that's been uh, season three is we really start, you know, stretching even further, you know, tonally, but also kind of getting to know our characters and and uh, some of their demons. And and we'll get to that. But I also saw like, did I see that you, you directed an episode of this one this season, right? I did. Yeah, I, just, I directed the fifth season of the third episode called Playpen, which was uh, incredible. It was uh, such a fun challenge and my first time directing TV. So it was awesome. It was really exciting. What 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 is that? I mean, so you know, you've you've obviously been on the other side of the camera. You've watched directors when you make that turn, and especially you know when you when you're around a cast that you've been with for this long. I mean, what what is that process? What was it for you? Uh, fear, <laughs> <laughs> uh, an excitement, uh, a gentleness. Uh, it's interesting because yes, I've worked in TV uh, for a long time now, and. Most of the work I do is internally with my own character. I do my work and I show up on set, and, you know, and we create something new. And sometimes uh, we do something uh, on the fly on set, you know, and uh, there's a collaboration that happens with directors. But we frequently have new directors almost every week. Right. And so to go on the other side was was different because I had to switch hats a little bit and try to figure out how to communicate uh, certain things, uh, which was which was tricky. It's something I'd never done before. For, um, as well as acting in the episode at the same time. So that was a unique challenge. Uh, my very first scene I was in. And uh, thankfully, I had an amazing team. You know, I texted Megan Gans about directing, and she's a co-showrunner, uh, co-creator, who um, I'd worked with on Community. And we know each other really well. And so I could always lean on her if I had questions um, and have someone there that could watch my back while I was trying to juggle this week this time so yeah yeah i just feel like there'd be so much like are they going to respect me or that you know because suddenly it's that yeah. it's i don't know if it's a power shift but it, in a certain way it's sort of a power shift yeah i spent a lot of time apologizing right away and i was very honest with how little i knew i wanted to make sure everyone knew like this is new for me i'm not entirely sure how this is gonna go i don't know let's gonna we're gonna try it though we're gonna have fun and i was fortunate our cast is incredible and they know me and that's the cool thing about being in this being in a season three directing for the first time is that we've already gotten used to each other's rhythms. And like I said, it's a very collaborative set. And so um, it's not unusual for multiple people to contribute and um, say, Hey, I actually have this idea in this scene. I think it should go this way. So it makes it a lot easier to chime in and chip in. Um, it's just uh, also just overall, it gives you a, such a greater appreciation for the whole team, art department, set design, sound, wardrobe, all the different pieces that go into making the show. Well, that was such an important, you know, cornerstone or, or turning point of the episode. I mean, when we're talking about playpen and 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 what goes on with that one, but but seeing especially what your character, what Brad has kind of gone through. <clears throat> excuse me, because you know we start out and and here he is, you're back, but now you're custodian, and <laughs> yeah. and you're sort of nice, but is he really? I mean, it's it's always that thing about how how did you want to go into this season and. And really, you know, how much say do you have in, in where your character is going? Yeah, it's a tricky thing. You know, I think the question, central question for season three for Brad, for me was, is he reformed? Um, and how much of that do we show? How much do we show the audience? How much do we show the other characters? I think everyone knows that Brad always has uh, a scheme. He, he always has a, a, di a different motive, but sometimes the motives actually benefit other people. So everyone wants to keep him around. You know, he's kind of like your your villain that you want on your side, you know. But I know in season two, we see Brad go to jail. But he, ultimately, I think it's kind of a heroic moment for him because he went to to protect some people in the office, uh, 
specifically Joe. Um, and so I think that there's like this kind of fun element about Brad where, yes, he's uh, a manipulator. Yes, he's sort of devious. But at the same time, he I think he does have a heart deep, deep down and he just doesn't want to show it to anyone. Um, and so I think that's the day uh, the game in, uh, in all of these scenes. I'm, I'm texting with Megan and talking with Rob about how much we want to show here, how much we want to do here with Brad. Um, what is he really up to? And sometimes no, nobody really knows, including me. But that's the fun kind of uh, of it is that we, we get to try different things. We, all, we often try different things in, in a scene. So that way um, we can we can play with it in the edit to see kind of what, what works best. That's interesting, too, because I'd wondered, you know, if you knew where he was going to end up uh, and I, I finished the season, you know, yeah. so if you know where he's going to end up, or not does that change how you approach when you're playing like nice brad yeah yeah i think it uh this season i did sort of know the arc of where brad was going um and it's still there's still a lot of room for uh why brad uh chooses to like things why brad chooses to be nice to certain people um why is he still drawn to this environment <laughs> what what and it, i think it is his chosen family and i think it allows him a playpen to 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 be himself, truly be himself. I think we've seen season two, his family, and um, I guess how dysfunctional that was with his brother, played by Parvez China, one of my best friends. Um, and now I think we see that actually in this office, it is sort of a safe place for him to kind of play and figure out and also really uh, express, um, I guess, his talents. Cause he is incredibly talented and gifted at looking at power structures and finding ways for everyone to succeed within this corporate environment. Yeah. And we'll be right back right after this. Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I, I live in Kentucky, in the Midwest, and allergies, yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice, it affects my mood, it affects everything. And I feel like I've tried every, I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's, there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now, and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. With all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the, the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you too. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. 
The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Danny Pudi. Now, do you um do, do you base him on anyone? Like like when I think of like you're playing, you're playing Brad, this very dark character you know, in, in, in a timeline of our real lives that can be seen as, you know, having quite a bit of darkness in it too, with lots of megalomaniacs sort of everywhere yeah. in the news. I mean, does that sort of filter its way in? A little bit. You know, I think early on talking to Megan about this character, um, I, what drew me to Brad was that there was so much that was unknown. Uh, even, even in his office, when we were looking at the set design about his desk, it's very minimal. There's no clues to his existence outside of work. And I always thought that was really fun to have this character that we can kind of um, invent uh, a backstory and, and create and leave a lot uh, of mystery to him. In terms of me and preparation for it, I, I mean, I've, I've had a few ideas going into it. I did work in uh, the corporate world for a little bit prior to this job. Um, I also got to speak with an actual head of monetization prior to working uh, on the show. And Ubisoft has been really helpful by giving us actual video game knowledge and consultants on set to help us uh, fill in the blanks. Um, and I, I, I guess one of the visuals I have is Wiley Coyote. I always thought, I think of Wiley Coyote physically. <laughs> um, I, I watched a lot of Looney Tunes as a kid, and I know it maybe doesn't you don't see it necessarily in this uh, in in the portrayal of Brad, but I just love this sort of resilience of Brad. I like this kind of playful villain uh, nature he has. And um, he's crafty. He's just very crafty. And then I also have a, a couple people that I've talked to in my life that I just never really knew what they were, who they were outside of work. And I had all these, uh, I used to invent all these scenarios for who they were as soon as they left the office because I never really got to see them. I only saw them in work mode. Um, when I went back when I worked in uh, Chicago, I worked in an office. And uh, I, I sort of kind of base some of the some of Brad on a couple of those people that uh, some of the characteristics where I I just really never really knew who they were outside of work. But that was really exciting to me uh, when I had interactions with them and, and then just picture what they were like as soon as they got on the train and and they left work. Well, there was a line, I think you said in the uh, the podcast, the uh, the uh, Bestie Questy podcast. Um, OK, yeah, that where he said he likes to watch the uh, the chaos unfold. Oh, yeah. And I thought, what yeah. a beautiful, what a beautiful description of Brad. And and you said, and maybe even yourself. That's that's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you know. I grew up in a very, uh, I guess, um, unusual family. You know, I I, I grew up, uh, and I always felt like I was an observer in the chaos in the chaos of uh, just around. I. I I just kind of felt like that. And so there was this moment, I think it was in the pilot that we were filming and it was just kind of this moment where we we're just kind of looking around the room and there's this fight going around. And I noticed that Brad doesn't say anything in this moment. There was no lines there, but we're all together. And I just thought this was such a fun, but Brad is just kind of sitting there comfortably. And I thought this was such a great moment to, uh, to kind of learn a little bit more about him without him saying anything. And the camera sort of landed on me and I gave this look like this is just enjoyable. No one else was having a good time, but I thought that was really interesting that Brad was actually having a really good time sitting comfortably in the middle of all this chaos. And I think Brad, when things start to fall apart, really sees it as an opportunity, an opportunity to kind of pounce on people 
and kind of pick things up and um you know uh i guess there's always this uh, sort of um this this fun this this playful uh, moment when things start to fall apart where brad always just sees it as an opportunity i mean it's got to be such a juicy role i mean it's one of my favorites uh, uh thanks yeah I, it's really fun i mean it's um I, I just feel fortunate because we get to we get to collaborate right we get to pitch in we get to explore and like i said we frequently will start a scene one way and it ends up going completely in a different direction. Uh, but I think that's the really exciting thing is that we can kind of add on to it. And when something feels right, uh, well, we can go for it and experiment. So it's, it's a fun role and it's fun to be able to um, say things without consequence. <laughs> because uh, in my normal world, I can't just uh, say, you know, evil things to the people around me. Um, and that, that doesn't feel good in my heart. <laughs> and I think about it, I end up replaying the conversation. But Brad has no problem, um, you know, saying whatever's on his mind and just just walking away calmly as if nothing happened. This is exactly what you want out of a career right there. <laughs> it's that license. It's that license is to it? say whatever you need. Right. Yeah. That's, it? <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what the top of the mountain is. Uh, you, you know, you kind of mentioned, you know, filling in the holes with, with the, uh, the technology. And, and one of the things that we do get in on the on the front end of this uh, uh, of this season is the metaverse, which again, you know, here we are lining up with, you know, what we're hearing in the news and how much of that, again, do you keep up with? Like, like, are you on top of the technology as much as your characters tend to be? Absolutely not. No, we have, we have consultants there. We have people who are constantly explaining things to us, uh, which is very helpful. Uh, it's fast. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the, the references in the show, we're talking about web three and web four. Uh, I'm, talking about concepts, um, you know, loot crates, you know, microtransactions and all these different things that are completely new to me, which is fun because I get to learn about uh, this world, you know, and, and now I get to see it actually in action when my son is playing like Rocket League and telling me about a, a fancy decal that's available right now. And now I'm like, interesting. Uh, what do you find interesting about that decal? And where did you find it in the game? And how many of your friends have it? And how is it being sold? And so, um, I get to learn. That's the exciting thing about it. But truly, I have almost zero knowledge going into it. I play video games, but the the world building and all the different um, all the different aspects of uh, of a game being alive and being sticky and staying alive that is is completely new to me and massive. And that's been really cool to learn about. I'm, I, I will say I'm the same way. I have a son. He's 15 and huge Fortnite fan uh, has been oh, for yeah. the last few years. And the idea of spending money on skins. Like yes. I, I suddenly realized that I was out of my generation entirely. Oh. It's like, wait, you just want to spend the money on that? That's what you, you want to, yeah. <laughs> and then what? This, yeah, I know. That, and that's it. It's it's the whole customization angle, which is unique, you know, and my kids have it too. They have like, you know, they have this water bottle with stickers all over it. And all the kids have water bottles and my son's got this, you know, Kendrick Lamar sticker and he's got this other sticker, a surfboard. And, and I'm like, it's this idea of like curating your own individual existence. So that's kind of, cool but yeah it's different than how i was playing when i was playing you know ocarina of time there was <laughs> or you know golden eye or whatever i was playing you know that it's just different now um so yeah i'm definitely catching up he walks upstairs i'm playing dr mario it's like it's tetris yeah uh, sure this is what i'm about right now <laughs> oh I prince of persia of i'm on prince of persia you know prince there's an persia? ending oh. I was doing I was doing Tetris on my game boy Woo, that was a great place for my anxiety great place <laughs> And we'll be right back, right after this. I've never been this nervous in my life. 
Greetings from Longtime No See, the podcast. Every week, we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! <laughs> what would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. <laughs> be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Danny Pudi. Um, you know, it, when we look at some of your most famous characters, too, and, and again, I am going to bring up Community because that's yeah. back in, thank God, that's back in the news uh, as we're talking about the movie. But, you know, here we have, in one sense, two very different characters, but there is that that line where you cross where, you know, Abed and Brad being so much about analytics and, and that, mm-hmm. that world do you find that there are certain character tropes that you're drawn to like that? Or, or, or maybe is that coincidence? I think it's, uh, that's an interesting observation. I think, you know, it's something that I was drawn to as a kid. Uh, mine was a little different. I was uh, memorizing song lyrics. I was uh, huge into uh, memorizing baseball statistics or basketball statistics. I grew up in Chicago, big fan of Jordan, Chicago Bulls. And, uh, so part of that world was in me in terms of um, uh, gathering knowledge and collecting that 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 kind of thing. But now it's just these two worlds are, are very different for me. When people ask me, like, are you a, a, an expert in pop culture like Abed? Do you know every episode of MASH or Farscape? Absolutely not. Brand new to me. Again, we had people on set who were very helpful um, in helping me um, become Abed. And the same is true with Brad is that there are some aspects of me that I, I find align with these characters. I like, uh, I am drawn to characters who have kind of specific sort of worldviews and um, see the world a little differently. Um, and uh, at the same time, you know, I, I'm very quick to rely on other people to help me kind of um, uh, figure out what I'm missing. Uh, I gotta ask you song lyrics. Um... You know, as you're growing up around the Bulls, and I've got the the classic Jordan free throw poster just across the uh, room from me. But uh, but on the yes. music side, what was that for you at the time? Like, uh, you got the Bulls. What are you listening to? So, I mean, obviously, serious. You know, Alan Parsons. Uh, I, that that music is still my like go to pump up music. If I once I hear that, I can't help but get like you know chills. I'm just excited. I want to go do something. Uh, even if I go to the grocery store, I'm excited with that music playing. You know, I'm pumped. I'm pumped to find, you know, the best deals on cantaloupes. I love cantaloupe. <laughs> uh, in terms of music that I'm like memorizing, I was a big fan of hip hop. So I grew up, uh, 90s hip hop was very exciting to me. So, uh, you know, I was listening to a lot of Chicago stuff, Common. And um, at the same time, Wu-Tang Clan, I would uh, be memorizing a lot of Wu-Tang Clan, Cash Rules, everything around me. Um I would say that those were the those were the spaces where I I tended to you know what phrenology the roots like things like that I was definitely listening to on repeat over and over again but at the same time it was you know I I kind of had a a nice mix of uh, of other stuff too I'd be I don't know I'm trying to think of like other random songs I I mean I my earliest memory is me recording songs off the radio with a little cassette recorder and. Uh, that was just like I think it was Roxette, maybe something like Chris, uh, I mean, she's got the look, maybe something like that was uh, uh, <laughs> was very uh, moving to me. So um, yeah, Roxette, Wu Tang Clan. I'm sure you've heard that a lot. Those two go hand in hand. 
Let's go in there. It's nice though, you know. I do envy that a little bit because hip hop and basketball, you know, they it did go together really well in the '90s. And I, I was in the middle of Kentucky and obsessed with alternative music. And if you liked in the '90s, if you liked alt music, you sort of weren't allowed to like sports. But but I was a Bulls obsessive too, so um, it all came around. But it was uh, oh yeah, like you had to keep them compartmentalized. I guess you know that was yeah yeah. It's interesting. I remember like I discovered Nirvana through my uncle. I remember that I was actually in Poland, which is kind of funny, visiting my uncle uh, who's a professor, and uh, I didn't really know much about grunge or alternative rock or that, that those worlds. Uh, like I said, I was listening to a lot of hip hop, uh, listening to stuff my brother was listening to, um, and uh, you know, Tribe Called Quest, things like that, right? And then I just remember my uncle showing me this album um smells like teen spirit and he, you know then he was like you've never heard of this you know and I, I was he was so disappointed in me um and from then on it was like he was giving me albums like nick cave and the bad seeds and uh just all this all this these worlds were opening up to me through my through my cool uncle so i i definitely in a record shop you know i definitely had those moments too we all had to have the cool uncle, at least, someone that uh, yeah, showing yeah. us that. Uh, but the hip hop, you know, it came handy uh, as I, I pivot a little bit because um, you did get to show off your your skills a little bit, of course, with uh, Troy and Abed in the morning with uh, yep. and all of that on, on community. And I'll I'll quickly say that uh, I am excited. My wife got me this last year for my birthday. I'm a uh, doctorate oh! of musicology. <laughs> Congratulations. From, from Greendale. Yeah. Oh, was, my uh... gosh. Congrats. Those are hard to get. <laughs> Those are hard. <laughs> really so. But really quickly, because because I'm so excited. And and for you to be a part of both of these worlds at one point, at one time of, of Mythic Quest and this great ensemble cast, and then to go back in community. Uh, and and I'll, I'll sort of throw this out generically. I mean, what is this like for you? Has Have you all really started uh, on the process of the movie yet? Are you back in that world? Not yet. Uh, mentally, a little bit. So we've had some, some discussions, we've had some meetings and a couple of Zoom calls just regarding story and things, things of that nature. But nothing, nothing formal is in place yet. It's more of just an agreement that we're all excited to do this. Uh, and that's truly special. I think it's something that I don't think any of us have truly expected. In doing the show, I remember saying, you know, six seasons and a movie. Uh, and then having a cape and knocking over uh, Joe McHale, who was uh, had his tray and doing that bit and thinking that this is just this joke that's going to go nowhere. And then the fans jumped onto it and really made it a rallying cry. And I think it was just such a uh, just something beautiful that we owe to the fans for keeping our show alive. Our show was frequently um, about to be canceled. And I think I, I think that's kind of led we actually filmed the show in many ways i think we actually filmed it like like it was this web show that we were secretly filming um you know in the back of a studio that we didn't think anybody was watching and i remember going to comic-con and seeing the reaction and and being just floored at realizing that people were actually responding to uh troy and Abbott in the morning have holding mugs drinking out of them wearing inspector space-time outfits uh you know, and that that is just that's just really cool. People are still wearing, you know, human being costumes for Halloween, which are frightening, but but exciting as well that that still lives on. And um, I don't know, I'm more more than anything, I'm just really excited that we get to kind of have this reunion um, and thankful for the fans for truly making it happen. Do, do you have your own wish list of uh, of what like storylines you'd like to see where, where you'd like to see the characters end up in this? I don't I don't I never really did. That was something that I was actually really excited about uh with playing out because i never really knew where we were going to go 
there was just trust. And I just kind of, I enjoyed that process and how it unfolded. Uh, I enjoyed it as an actor. I loved showing up to set, not truly knowing, but I liked, uh, um, you know, and it all starts with the writing, which is just incredible. You know, it's just, it's, it, I was given such rich material to work with that it was just, it was just a joy to play in, you know, and um, to sit in that world and, and to think about all the scenarios and, um, you know, uh, kick puncher and all, all the all the different things that we kind of got to play in was it was just beautiful. And it's honestly the same thing with Mythic Quest. I don't love to know too. I like to know too much because I like to show up to set and have a world that I get to kind of play in and, and ask questions to myself. And um, and that truly starts starts with the writing. So I went to them. Well, I, I will say on both of those shows, uh, Mythic Quest and the community, uh, you know, community had been so important for me anyway. And and really, once the lockdowns and all that happened, both of those shows, because I think community, of course, you know, it came back for a lot of people, too, especially as we talked about Darkest Timeline, etc. Um, <laughs> yeah, but both of those were just I mean, they, they were so important. And then and I'll close out with this, too, um, uh, knowing that you're part of uh, Avatar. Uh, yeah. uh, the, the the last airbender the new version of that uh how's that shaping up how's that coming along it's great i finished filming um earlier this year uh that was uh such a surprise and exciting and um i had a great time doing it i can't really talk much about it mm -hmm. but i'm very excited i uh, i got to wear some prosthetics and that's always fun when you get to transform a little bit and uh, i think I'm hopeful for it. It was definitely a massive production and I got to work with some people that I am also just fans of. I'm a big fan of Utkarsh, um, Abikar, and he's in it as well. And uh, a lot of people that I never got a chance to work with. So I'm excited for people to see it. Um, it was definitely a unique production. And um, again, it's another world where I was just excited to to jump into, you know, I'm a fan of these worlds where obviously there's a big fan base and I hope uh, I hope we please them and make them happy. <laughs> well, you have some great characters. You're a very rich man when it comes to that right there. Uh, I will say uh, I love what you put out into the world. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Kyle. Oh, I want to see that Jordan poster. I'm picturing the one where he's in space and he's like holding the moon or I don't know if it's no, that no, no. It's, 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 no the, it's, it's, the, okay. it's the free three. It's the it's slam dunk contest. So it's, you know, oh, it's yeah. I can't twist my computer. It's all going to get screwed up. I mean, I've also got the uh, the dream team from 92. Barcelona. Yeah, that's the one right there. <laughs> because I'm well, in a little nerd palace down here and, you know, I'm a 40 year old guy. So it's. <laughs> Hey, it's our version of the decals. It's our version of the skids. You know what I mean? That's exactly yeah, absolutely. It. Thanks. I can I, now. Uh, I can now relate to my kid. Uh, that's the. I got, I got my. I got my uh, Chicago Bulls towel right here from when I uh, worked at the United Center in high school, right here on the wall. So yeah, I heard about thing. that story you told on Kimmel yeah. with the, the picking yeah. up in the beer and everything, hand washing it. That's, that's some dedication right there. I'll do it, man. That's what you do for your for your heroes. <laughs> Danny, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about it. Season three of Mythic Quest. I so enjoyed this. As soon as I finished it, I thought, oh, crap, I want another season immediately. So Yay! you guys are so great. I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Kyle. Appreciate it, man. And my thanks to Danny Pudi. Uh, again, uh, season three of, uh, of Mythic Quest is happening right now on Apple TV+. Thanks to you for checking out the episode in the series. Uh, before you get out, please do hit that subscribe button. Again, you get three new interviews every single week. It's a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to keep you up to date on your favorite artists. Discover the new ones at iTunes and Apple Podcasts. It's Spotify and Podchaser, NPR, WFPK.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. Then after that, head over to WFPK.org. 
where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour full of song premieres and music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the old social media spots, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all three of them. The address is at Kyle Meredith. So I do hope you like and follow along. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Consequence Podcast Network. Oh my gosh, yeah, you have a lot of cool gadgets. You got a tape recorder over there too? It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media.